It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And welcome indeed into the podcast. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, along with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report. As we, uh, you know what I like about that? What's that? It, it says our names fully in the intro. And I then I just want to make sure everybody knows get, that we're here. it again. I, I like that. I just want to make sure everybody knows we're here. No, I, I like it. I Why am not? indeed me. You are indeed you. Correct. The king ass of the, of the whole thing. And you are indeed how, Now, how did I become grumpy. the king ass of you three? There's, that's not possible. I'm oh, just grumpy. Oh, You're an now. ass. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he might even be grumpier. So, I'm, uh, I'm I'm high energy. Yeah, you are. You're high. You're, yeah. high, you're high maintenance <laughs> is what you might be. Oh, I disagree with that. All right. Well, we'll, we'll we may discuss that later on. We got a lot, a lot of ground to cover um, between UC playing its last game in Fifth Third Arena, uh, Xavier on complete fumes, and maybe it is time to panic. Um, uh, UK will touch on them. NKU starts. They're the first actually team in the area to start a league tournament. They will play on Sunday. Actually, as we record this, record this podcast, the Rising League tournament is, is just about to get underway, but NKU does not play until Sunday. That's well, a weird deal, the way they do that. It, I think it's it's really weird the way they do that. It took I me, like it, though, because it's, the, it's, like, it's so off balance of everything else that it's like... It's it, different. It's got odd dates. It's like, <laughs> did you ever like? Did you ever have that friend when you were growing up where you would do like basketball tournaments or like they were the bracket guy? Yeah. And they'd always come up with something that looked like they were drunk every once in a while. Of course. That's exactly no, like. I, I literally, I'm trying to do for each of the tournaments involving area schools at least a small league preview of you know teams that are already in the tournament, teams on the bubble, etc. And include a schedule. It took me 30 minutes last night to try to figure out <laughs> what winners played when and at what time because there was no set plan for that. But we'll, we'll touch on the Horizon League tournament in a bit. But let's start with UC. Uh, winners last night over Houston. Last game in Fifth Third Arena. And um, arguably a, 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 just a great way to go out. I mean, you finish it with the seniors. Was Zach Tober making a, making a bucket? And I, I think that got everybody kind of energized. Did and, he score the first basket of the game? Yeah, yes. They, yeah. yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Here's, here's what happened. That's fantastic. So they do the senior day stuff, the you know the parents and everything. They get in the locker room, and Mick draws up the first play on the board. Had not had not told had not told Tobes that he was starting. Right, Kyle, you you know pick pop for the three. Tobes, you seal, duck in, seal, and if the three isn't there, we'll reverse it and come to you. And Tobler like me. Me, (laughs) and that's how he found out he was starting. And they came out and. Kyle wasn't taking that three, no matter how open he was. Got it, reversed it back to Troy. Troy got it to Tobler on the duck in. Completely sealed Devin Davis. Turned around, layup. Got the first basket of the game. I, 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 I think that's cool. I think that's cool that awesome. and, and that he executed it too. Yeah. It's one thing for all the teammates to try to get you involved, and um, they know what it means to you, and know that you're probably not going to be on the floor very long. You know, it's more of a ceremonial thing than anything oh, he else. He came out. He fouled. That's like right. <laughs> as soon as the ball crossed half court, he fouled, and they put Gary Clark because you, you weren't getting more than probably a trip or two. You were getting no. that trip for you. That was it, and that was it. And it could have been there could have been another breakdown somewhere in the play. Yep. Uh, I thought that was actually a pretty cool way for him to start. Um, there are some programs, not all, but but there are some programs that don't start their seniors on senior day for whatever reason. Most do. Most are pretty good about it. Just a quick stance on on. I, 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 like I, I think it's I think it's a nice tribute. I, I really especially, do. especially if it's a four year guy like Tobler that. He's a fan favorite. He's got his own intro on the video board. Right. Like he's a guy that you know the the Alex Meacham, John Meeker, Brandon Miller line of walk-ons that you see that have been four-year guys, human victory cigar types. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, I absolutely love it in those situations. I you know if it's a guy that you picked up in January to help out the team because you need a number a number yeah, in but, practice. But, right? But, yeah. No. Uh, to me, it's all about do you do you need to win. I mean, like, is the game important? And, and like, it looks pretty important. Well, I know, but also, UC knows they're not going to lose at home to Houston. Like, probably not. But you know what I mean? But, well, I, all I'm saying is, in Xavier's situation the other day, you don't start Tim Stainbrook. You don't. Like, no, you, I, I, you're, you're in a five game losing yeah, streak. You, you need to get back on track. You don't want to start off with a 6 0 run or something like right. that. So, in that case, like, well, I'm look, not it's about, cute I, and yeah. it's fun, but, like, let's get serious about what we're here for. Well, in too. some cases, though, it's, it's, it's not even starting senior scholarship guys. I mean, I, I, I can get not starting a walk on in some, some cases i mean again it's, I, I it's all about it do, do, how serious is this game how what type of situation are you in and can that dude play at all if if he's your eighth guy and you don't typically think he's going to help you win maybe it'll provide some energy when you then, need it yeah i mean that's that's great i'm just saying maybe it will maybe it energizes everybody that he played and maybe he gives you two good trips 
I don't know. Uh, let's talk about the, the game itself and kind of the, the closing of Fifth Third Arena. I, I was a I was a little surprised that the, the banners came down before the game. Explain that a little bit and and, um, and and why they maybe didn't do some kind of ceremonial thing for it. I, I know I'm probably making a mountain out of a molehill here, but I, I just thought it was odd. I was told there was going to be a ceremony for the national championship banners, putting them away, and then they'd have a ceremony in the first game of the new arena, bringing them back out. Makes sense. That didn't happen. I don't know bad, bad what. sources, bro. <laughs> Check your sources. <laughs> The source right. I said sounds like a pretty good source to me. Um, the, the guy that told me that I, I would think would be fairly in the know on the what, topic. What would he know? It didn't happen, so I guess he wasn't. Yeah, apparently. Um, something must have come up. I don't know what exactly the deal was with that. I realize those are big banners, and you can't unfold them again. Huge, they, they are big. That, that's the Especially thing. the two national championship ones. Those things are gigantic. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it was just a logistics deal that they the, couldn't get them out. Hadn't been clean since 1989. They're well, probably made with burlap. What type of exactly. material did they have back then? They, they needed they need a refresher on the banners. They yeah. need, need to maybe <laughs> you, get, you the, think? get those bad boys redone. Maybe that was the key. Um, and for those that don't know, I mean, they are literally starting on the renovation project almost ASAP, right? It's already started. Yeah. Um, the, the floor was the, not the, the floor that will go to NKU. The original shoemaker floor that covers the entire... Uh, first level underneath the bleachers and everything uh, that started being removed at like seven o'clock this morning. So, and I'll have some uh, exciting details in the future about that floor. Where it's going to go? Where it's going to go? Auction off? How you can maybe Pieces? buy piece? Exactly. Smart. It's, that's smart marketing on their part. I, I I'm in talks with the company that is taking care of that, and as they uh, get ready to go to sale with uh, the merchandise. I will have more information there at BearcatJournal.com. That means he'll be part of the email blast that they send out when they're trying to promote it. <laughs> Smart move, though. Yeah, no, it's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Smart move. Uh, let's talk about UC on the floor. They do have one more regular season game at UConn, a game that they can really ill afford to lose in theory if you want to move up in the seed line. But we talked about this a little bit uh, on, the, on the last podcast. There's just not a lot of wiggle room either way. It's not, I, they're not going to drop like a rock, and they're not going to rocket up the board. I, and, I mean, unless they lose two in a row – I think they're a four or five, like five, you know, five probably just, I, the most I, I can, likely. I, I think we can agree. I can see them losing at UConn. I don't think they do. I can see it. I don't see them then losing a quarterfinal round game. You're going to have to play. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's probably what it's. Uh, UConn. Are you sure? If they if they beat UConn, UConn drops to the seven. Oh, if they beat UConn, I'm sorry. I was looking at it, I was looking at it the other way around. That if they lost to UConn, no, I mean if they go up there, if they go go to Gamble and win on Sunday. UConn falls all the way to the seventh seed. That is, and they'll yes. play Tulane. Correct. And then Cincinnati would play the winner of UConn. Yeah, I was looking Tulane at if, 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 if UConn had won, that still leaves I think Tulsa then on the set on that, yeah. on that seed line. So they played the Tulsa Tulane winner. Tulane's going to be involved in that game somehow. Either somewhere. way, Tulane's yeah. a ten. Yeah, and I just don't see UC no. dropping both. I tell you that's what, what I'm saying. I don't see them dropping bo- both. No. UConn and then the first game in the conference tournament. If they play defense like they did against Houston, look out because that. I mean, that Houston team was averaging 80 points a game over their last eight games. And no, I think we agree. they were playing really well. I mean, d- defense isn't the issue. It's can you take the offense on the road and produce? And now you're going to take it on the road and then to a neutral site. Can you produce? If they play defense like that, they're going to be fine. They, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't disagree, I guess. I just, they, they still worry me on offense on the road. And I can see you, I can see you kind of hold them in the 40s. I mean, UConn's still really good defensively. UConn might only score 30, so. Well, that may be the case. Maybe a 40-38 game. Somebody makes a three at the buzzer. But uh, seriously, we, we will we will look a little bit more obviously the conference tournament stuff. But for uh, for for UC, it is uh, it, it's just they're they're fairly landlocked. Is what yeah, they're they're in that four or five range. If they win out and win the the tournament, I think they could maybe still get a four. All other things aside, I think they're a five. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. I think if they win out the, all the way to the end of the American tournament, then they're a four. Otherwise, I think they're almost definitely five, even if they lose. Yeah. yeah. All right. I do want to touch, before we move on to Xavier, I do want to touch on Mick Cronin's comments from, uh, I guess it was Thursday, um, speaking about what he thinks NCAA, the NCAA tournament selection committee does as far as where they put teams, that it's all financial related. And, it sh- is. and certainly some of it is. But you're not moving somebody three seed lines. That's not what he said. I know, but, you, but that's what was implied. No, it's, he specifically said four might become a five or they might switch well, somebody in the 8-9 game to the 7-10 game. That, that's exactly what he said. He didn't imply anything. But, but that's moving people in seed lines, though. They're not it, doing that. No, yes, they're they not. are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Do you want to listen to the audio? Yeah, let's listen to the audio. Yeah. Do you look at that? How much do you look at that stuff? 
Zero. And I'm not... It, it, zero. It just doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. And I'll give you... I'll just give you the quickest answer. My first year at Murray State, we were at 12. We played Illinois as a five. In the same pod, Cincinnati was a four, played East Tennessee State. Probably Coach Huggins' worst NCAA tournament team. They were in disarray late in the year. They had guys suspended, guys injured. East Tennessee State lost at the buzzer. We played Illinois a very tough game, and then they blew Cincinnati out. They were down 24 in the first half. Illinois had multiple NBA players. Darren Williams was their best player. Uh, and they were clearly the better team, talent-wise. wasn't even close. Big Ten champs. Uh, that same team that let the next year went like 34 and two or 34 and one. That Illinois team. So they were a five, and Cincinnati was a four. So I mean, you just don't know. I mean, you could get. It's the luck of the draw. And I'm a firm believer in that the NCAA tournament committee. And everything is so financially driven that no matter what is said on that Sunday, uh, they're trying to sell tickets. So you may get moved to seed line uh, if, and it may not be us, but teams could get moved around from a from a four to a five or a nine eight, eight nine out of that to a seven ten to get that pod to sell more tickets. Now, nobody will admit that because it's all about the student-athlete, supposedly. But it's a business. If it wasn't a business, you wouldn't uh, make millions of dollars. we'd be able to have a bus trip in the conference we played in. And that goes for our, our women's soccer team, my buddy, uh, my buddy Hilton that coaches our men's team. You know, Neil coaches our women's team, you know, from all the way to soccer. We don't have a bus trip. So don't tell me it's not all about money. So that's why you can throw all that stuff out. So you're saying the difference between being, for you guys, being a five and a six potentially could be selling tickets location? Oh, that's a fact. That, and that for everybody. I, I mean that for everybody. Yeah. That, that, that's a fact. I've been, I've been, I mean, that's just business. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know. I can tell you, you know, uh, try, I've tried to get back into Maui. I don't know if you've ever been. It's a great place. But we got subbed into Maui late. Louisville pulled out, so we didn't have a chance to package it for our That's a first. But we can't get the invite back because we didn't bring any fans. So, it's not, now we played in the finals and in a great game, probably one of the best final games they've ever had, an overtime game against Gonzaga that year. But anybody that thinks this isn't a business is wrong. Living in what does Maui have to do with the NCAA tournament? And so, that's why I tell you... You can sit there and think, well, we won this game, we'll move up. You could move up, but then you could end up playing a tougher team because they seated, the seedings were wrong. Did Louisville finish down their leg after they pulled out? Or? Uh, maybe. Oh, must have. So wait, so I just want to make sure if I get this right. So UC and Temple were sent to Spokane to sell tickets? Maybe they were sent there because they weren't going to sell tickets somewhere else. Uh, maybe. So, see, I don't think it's, I think if you, I don't know if you watched SVP last night. Did but not. SVP and Jeff Goodman brought this up and talked about it and i think they they had it right in that it's not the tickets it's a tv show it's a tv show that cbs and turner have paid billions sure. of dollars for and look I, I and they I, want the most compelling matchup and i think we all agree when you see a duke in kentucky with a chance to meet here or a dayton and whatever when you see teams you go oh huggins is going to play you see well, how here. do they move things like a, a, Skinny, here's my thing about that, and then I, I, I agree with Mick on most of what he's saying. I don't really, I don't think the tickets part really matters like it used to 25 years ago. I think it's all television generated. As the tickets are sold ahead of time, like most of these places are sold out well before the matchups are announced. Right. So it doesn't matter who's playing there. The people want to go to the NCAA tournament because it's the NCAA tournament. I don't think the ticket part does anything. Doesn't move the needle. I think it's right. it, they're There's, trying to create a TV show. This matchup is as compelling as possible. I don't disagree with that part. And, and so what happens is you get away from the S curve. If it was me, I personally do the damn S curve one through sixty eight, where every 
Two you balls on the F curve. That's where they go. And you see it. You're and right. you see it. If, I mean, that's that part. And, I don't and, disagree. And you don't, the, the and transparency. You don't, so you don't care about any of the can't play a team three no. times. None of that. I don't. Yeah, because those. See, I think that, also, and that's the other part that, that factors into play. Of you can't face a team in your conference until this round. You can't face a team until that. So UC has to play Kimball Walker in the second round in their national championship. See, and, and and that's the only thing that I, I would kind of argue is that like there's so much movement around because of all their rules now and stuff like that's that. That's why I don't like it. I know, but there's only so many places they can put them that I don't think they can... Like, don't get me wrong. I think they do try to set up certain matchups for TV. No question about it. But in terms of, like... it. Mick just gets a little conspiracy theory when he gets into these things. A the little. Thing. He, he's trying to shoehorn a lot of things into this question because he wanted to make a few points. Most of what he said is correct, and I agree with... He got off track a few times. He made a few incorrect statements when he was making that point, like the tickets. Um, the Maui thing, dude, it's really hard to get into Maui. You haven't been a preeminent program over <laughs> well, the time that you've well, been that, trying to get into Maui. That, 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 that is an in-season tournament that is trying to sell tickets millions of miles away. But yeah. his, I mean, his, I heard, his point is correct there because Louisville did back out. Louisville, what Louisville did is they said, we don't want to do it this year. We want to do it the next year. Yeah. So Louisville backed out. They needed a Big East team at the time to fill it in. So Cincinnati mm-hmm. filled it in. But because it was late, they didn't get to do the you know, packages. packages to all your major boosters and get a bunch of people out there. They didn't have time to do that. Right. I understand that. But it, that, that has nothing to do with why they weren't invited back. They weren't invited back. It, ha- it has no. They haven't been invited it. back because they haven't been a preeminent program in North America. Like, well, Xavier has incorrect. Xavier's been trying to get into Maui forever. They haven't been able to get into it until next year. And it's, Xavier's been the better program over the last five years. Would you agree? Xavier's missed the tournament and been in the playing game once over the last five years. Hang on, hang on. I'm, 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 I'm going to disagree with you on this point. Dayton's been a couple of different times. They haven't exactly been a preeminent program, but what does Dayton do? They continue to go back what, what to is, the teams. What does Dayton do? That bring fans. Dayton brings fans. There's a there's a firm that runs it. It's not like there's right. people that, at Maui that's, that's that run where, it. It's that, Eddie Fogler. That's where he shouldn't have jumped into that because Maui is about selling tickets. Yeah, that, that is what it is. I mean, when they when they invite Kentucky or Carolina, that they know they're bringing. They, they have a small. It's a, so I've covered it. It's a small gym. It's a, it's a great thing. Yep. But the year Kentucky went, when I covered it, literally when they played, they had to empty the damn thing out so they could put these people in the what, place. But what he's what but, he's saying, Rick, is if X does if X goes out there next year. And, and has a huge sell. They won't be invited back because they're not a preeminent program. And if they do sell tickets, they will be put in right. that rotation of right. teams that are regularly dude, playing at Maui. But Dayton sells out their arena every single night. UC's yeah. been struggling that, to sell and, tickets and at their it. own arena. Like that's but, part but of that, it. But that sidetracked. What he was talking about yeah. was the NCAA. The, the this NCAA was a tournament. bad point to bring up to the overall yeah. argument. Yes, yes, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that part of it. Um, that being said, I do like. His whole point's about the business stuff and, like, kind of bringing in the players, not getting played. It's not a business. You won't make seven figures, Chief. He's 100% correct I don't think he has a problem with that. I think he's just stating it's a business. I think he's stating that we're only going to be a five seed because of this. No, Or we might even be a six seed because of this. See, see, I— that's the that's my issue with what happened here is that because there are so many things kind of getting smashed into this, there's too many things to pick at. People are taking it the wrong yeah. way, and I think his his overall point about um, just being just being honest and saying like everyone admitting what this is and saying, hey, you know what, we're all ma-, basically what he what he's doing is making the player should be paid argument. And he, and yeah, well, and, I and, that. And I totally agree with what he's saying. I totally agree. And I think it's refreshing that Mick will say these things, that he's not afraid to speak his mind. And it is kind of interesting that he's willing to get all the way into the conspiracy theory the fans talk about. You know, I mean, because like, this right. is what all the fans are talking about leading up to the tournament stuff with all the, the oh, they're be- just trying to set that match up be- because of because tickets and, and, or because of TV. This is where it goes back to, there's zero transparency to this. Right. Zero. Right. I mean, the only the most transparent thing they did was what happened a, a month ago or three weeks ago when they revealed the first few seeds, but it really wasn't but overly transparent there either because it's changed a ton since then. You know why it can't be transparent? Because it's just some people picking. That, that, like, I mean, exactly it's, right. It's just human error. Like, they, there's really no as, as rhyme or as, reason. Yeah, we still as, don't know correct. how you get into the As tournament. much as you can crunch numbers. Do, do we know they even look at Kempom, or do we know they look at RPI? Do we know they look at, at, at Fred's rating service? Do we know that they just don't even look at any of it? Just go, they got a couple really good wins, and let's put them here. But or we, they pass the eyeball test. We do know. They look at all those things because you're going to look at the stuff you like. I'm going to look at right. the stuff I like, and that, we're going to put that, different that, weight on it. That's and, right. And I, I like that about the tournament, but that's what the tournament is. Yeah. I mean, it's just unscientific. It's just a crapshoot. It's just kind of how the certain committee members you know are what feeling you do? that year. 
you make the damn selection room a reality show and you put it on I true tv it'd be unbelievable i think it'd be outstanding you put it on true the tv arguments, yeah. the, the pouting the the stopping for my team in my league i think it would be absolute great theater yeah. i'm i'm with you i think it'd be great you start that bad boy on like thursday of conference tournaments <laughs> you, when's the at, bachelor at, end can at, we get the guy who hosts that at, he's he's killing at, <laughs> at three in the morning seeing who's still in the room talking and drinking coffee or having a beer by that stage yeah you just do live feed you do a you know you have a couple hours where you go on national or you know regular tv right, right. do the big brother house yeah just have it all filmed in exactly. the whole time yep. every conversation is out there cool. when you see two ad's colluding in there you, oh man it'd be good it would be good i mean let's do it it's a business it's a business let's do the damn thing i was gonna say if they want to make some more money off of this hell we'll, we'll, we'll even pay the people on the committee we'll pay you a stipend for this to be part of the show, right? We need to talk to somebody about this. I don't know I'm sure we're the first something. people to come up with this idea. Yeah, I, but, absolutely. <laughs> Without question. Well, now we've told everybody on the podcast, so somebody else will come up with the idea now. Yeah, don't steal that. We're copyrighting Yeah, it. exactly. Really quickly. All right, let's touch on Xavier. We have, we have banged our shoe against the, the, the table for about the last two or three weeks saying, Sounds don't painful. panic, don't panic, don't panic. <laughs> And you've made the point, and I'll give you credit for this, is you won't panic until the DePaul game if they lose to DePaul. Hold on. It's not don't panic. Panic. It's, panic. Yeah. It's, you should, if you're a Xavier fan, well, you probably passed panic. Oh, you you're probably, panic. Yeah, you're you, probably the season's you, over. You, yeah. you, you panicked after Trayvon got hurt against Villanova. Right. It wasn't don't panic. It was they're not missing the tournament if they, don't, if they avoid a loss to DePaul. Right. That's what I said. What has changed is now they have to play DePaul back-to-back games. Right. And that what I said still applies. If they lose to DePaul, it'll keep them out of the tournament. So that means either loss to DePaul. The bad loss mm. is what will kill them. Yes, they lose either of the games, they're out of the tournament. You think so? Yeah, because it puts a bad loss on their resume. That's the one thing where you start comparing them to other teams that have a similar record and, and somewhat similar metrics. Although, for the most part, Xavier's RPI, Ken Palm, and strength of schedule is better than a lot of those teams. But when you get into the resume and looking at a lot of those teams have a sub-150 or sub-200 loss, Xavier doesn't have that, anything that, like that. Yeah, that's true. And that's what keeps them clearly ahead of those teams. If they lose either game to DePaul, they're out in my mind. Because here's the other part about Skinny. I, 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 hold I'm on. Just, okay, I'll let you make your point. I'm going to go through, through something here in a second. The narrative is important. I've been saying that all along. You have to control the narrative because of what we just talked about. Those right. committee members are just humans well, listening to all this stuff, watching all this stuff. And Xavier hasn't controlled the narrative at all. It is in complete free fall. Everyone thinks – they are a bad team now. Well, and the, the other part of this, too, is why you can't take away what they did in, in November and December and, and some of the wins they had. You also still have to look at this team separately right now and say this is a completely different team because one of the guys who helped them win some of those games in November and December is no longer a member of this team, and they have not performed very well without him. This is a team that you have to question suddenly. Right. Not because of what they did in the past. What they did in the past speaks for itself. It's on paper. It's done. It's a win. It's a, some good wins. Um, you know, A couple of non-bad losses along the way. But it's what you haven't done without that guy, without, without, without having Edmund Sumner. Without question. They're, they're allowed to factor that in. They will factor that in. And, again, I go back to the you won that Creighton game. And it, that was that was a that, big statement like a, without Edmund. And it felt like, okay, th- it's not even a matter of who anymore. Now it's a, oh, maybe they can improve their seed even more. Right. And and that was where it was going, okay, you can wah, control wah, this wah, narrative wah, still. Trayvon goes out. With with the ankle issue, and you go on the road, and you lose the game. It wasn't going to be a big deal as long as he came back and you won a few Correct. games. Now that that didn't happen, you're on the sixth. That's all out the window. Absolutely the narrative's right. gone. You're, you're, right. you're a bad team in pretty much everyone's mind. The only thing you can do is avoid the loss of DePaul and still get into the tournament. And, and if you make a run at, at Madison Square Garden in the Big East tournament, great on you. I mean, I think they're yeah, going to get right. Butler in the second right. round. I personally don't think they can get beat Butler, although it's probably a better matchup than playing Marquette again. Um but, yeah, that, I, mean, I think that's where things pretty stand. That being said, if you're a Xavier fan, this, this sucks for you and it feels awful and you're probably not very excited about watching the next few games. I felt bad. Did that sound sincere at all? No, I did. Like, I didn't even make jokes after the Marquette game. Like, I didn't even have jokes. I, did, I legitimately, like, I was like, oh, man. One, because I know Rick's life was going to be miserable for a couple days dealing with message board fallout. I've been there. I know how that is. Yeah, I, it's, it's not, like... I don't know. It hasn't been that bad because at this point, this th- like this is where I expect message board freakout to happen. Yeah, I'm okay with fans being really upset about this because this season sucks at this point. Like 
This it's is when fun, as, it's not fun. It really isn't no. even close to fun. The, no. the, the players. I wasn't having even fun. having fun making fun of them. And, and I, I, I think I don't that's know, when you know it's really bad. I don't even know if I told you this the other day. I, this team honestly bothers me just watching them play. I, and it's not. And look, I know they're hurt. I know they're wounded. And I get that. And that's probably not fair. They just bother me. I, I just don't like watching them. It's because play. they gave up eighty-eight and ninety-five points at I, yeah, home. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I would. I would imagine you probably didn't enjoy the ninety-five no, at home. No, Marquette. Um, and they made some shots. God love them, but still. Yeah, at that head, yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, whatever. they made what thirteen of their first fifteen of the second half. God love them for that. You ever seen two more kindred spirits than Andrew Rousey and JP Makira? <laughs> your, your guy. If they were on the same team, they would be a major dude, off the court issue. Dude, that that would also be twenty four turnovers a game, probably. I mean, and no, 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 no. Rousey's Rousey. Is, this is the weird thing about Rousey. Everyone has he this just takes weird bad opinion shots. of him. I mean, but he's shooting but he 40 them. something percent. So right. he, I don't know how bad the, he is extremely efficient in ball screen and isolation situations. He's their best playmaker, um, which is not his reputation. And people but, don't think that about him. But that dude can really play. God, they, they, just, they both bother me on the on the Xavier front. I think this all this is. A, Why do you hate the whites? <laughs> <laughs> Coach, coaches, <laughs> coaches, kids. Yeah. <laughs> This is Eddie. A, this is a, except the fact that they're not and they're not Eddie. But go ahead. This is a great example of how fragile winning is, um, because you can have. I mean, you can see this team again without Edmund, and we saw what they looked like against Creighton, even against Villanova. I, I don't think they played terribly. Like, I didn't either. You, you see a certain team out there, and then you see them lose six games in a row. And all, I mean, all of a sudden, guys don't look like they're playing as hard. They don't look cohesive. Like, no, I, there's, there's maybe fraction in the locker room. I'm not saying, like, they have issues in the locker room. But, look, the way you played the other night against Marquette, clearly you're not all bought in. No. And, clearly you don't all want to be there. This is, like, all the, all the fans want to make it about coaching or making shots or this one or two things and these flaws that are, we see on the basketball court. But this is a great example of sometimes, like, the same guys can be very different based on – Confidence yep. and emotions, and well, how much and, and they and like being I mean, there and being with each this other. This goes back to like even the why don't you fill all thirteen scholarships debate, and that's a big reason why. Because if you've got two or three guys at the be- end of the bench that are pissed off and unhappy they're and miserable, transfer anyway. Well, yeah, but in but season they're they're going to screw up your locker, your locker room. room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that matters. It matters. And I'm not saying Xavier has bad guys. I'm not saying they've lost you have the great locker guys, room. and you've got three guys that are unhappy. Or more importantly, you just lose a bunch of games in yeah. a row. It's really hard to still be that that great team, that tough team, the team that's going to keep getting back after it. I think that's what you're seeing. With well, and, and that's where, look, the, the three road losses, it, it could have occurred if Trayvon was healthy for all three. I don't know if they would have, but they yeah. could have. Desperate, hear me desperate teams. Yeah, yeah, but hear me out. The, the Butler game was literally the last eight minutes. You just didn't finish the deal. You played with them, maybe even less than that, maybe in the last five minutes. You played. Yeah, the last five minutes, you just started giving them the ball. But then to follow up the, with the Marquette game, now suddenly that was like, all right, now the bottom's really falling out because this yeah. is a team that you should you should beat at home. I, it, it's not a perfect world that you're always going to beat them 100% of the time, but it's a team with all the stuff. But, you should be the desperate team in that circumstance. You've got to show up locked in Correct. And, Correct. and run them off that, the that, line that, and take away like what the they do. Just went, Okay. All right. I, I can. These guys I can, are done. I can give you this game, this game, this game, and understand why you lost. I really, truly can't. This one, I just can't. I just can't do it. I wish I could do it. And then you have to say, "All right, pull yourself up from the bootstraps and go to DePaul and win." Should be fairly routine because they are dreadful. It's just not. No, not not after the Marquette game. Like after the Butler game, it was still okay. These guys are still fighting. They're still there. Yeah, they're, they're they had play, a bad four minutes at the end of the game. Bad four minutes with with a freshman point guard, and it wasn't all on him. It, Malcolm had had a couple yeah. turnovers too. It wasn't just Quentin, but I don't want to put all the blame on the quote unquote freshman point guard. And that's the way when you guys. have evenly matched teams go. That it right. executes in the last four minutes. They, they, they just looked, didn't. They looked gassed. They looked right. like a team right. with inexperience at the guards. That was that was what it was. I still thought, okay, they're they're like, yes, everyone's down on this team, but at home against Marquette, like you said, they should win that game. Now, after what we saw from there, in my mind, it's done. These these guys have have mailed it, and I'm not I'm not saying they've stopped trying, and Chris Mack has stopped coaching them or anything like that, but they're not. Their heads aren't where they no. need to be to win games, and I don't know that they go on the road and win against anybody right now. When when you look at Providence and Seton Hall and Marquette, those were three teams that were playing. Desperate, mm. and it played their way into the tournament. And it played their way into the tournament. And Xavier is going in the opposite direction. I mean, they they just they're not clawing and scratching and doing everything they can to get to the finish line. Yeah. It's like you know that the guy that that's running the marathon and 
He makes it like 24 miles. And then goes, it's time to walk. Yeah, and he just walks the last two miles like, oh, man. And Fat Fred passes him yeah. on the finish line. You're looking going, how did Fat Fred just pass me? Because I walked. I walked. I, I mailed it in. Uh, Calves were hurting. <laughs> Pooped down my leg a little bit. Fat Freddy barely could move one foot from the other. <laughs> by God, he ran all 26 miles. This analogy has gotten weird. I know it has. I don't yeah, know if Fat Fred came in. Fat Fred wouldn't be running the marathon. Yeah. <laughs> but Pooping, I don't. Weird well, analogy. Xavier's kind of pooped down her leg a little bit here. That's so kind of where I, I went with that. The analogy's pretty good. I think yeah. that, that part's pretty good. Yeah. Um, now, poop. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying about losing either of these last two games as a poll. The only thing I'm going to tell you is I'm going to go with Bracket Matrix and look at some of the teams below them. And let's just examine them real quickly. USC is below them. Marquette, Seton Hall, and Providence are below them. Uh, Middle Tennessee is, but they're technically they're using them as an automatic qualifier winning Conference USA, um, which obviously that could throw a monkey wrench in because they still could possibly be an at large if they if they don't win Conference USA. They have Syracuse below them, Wake Forest below them, Cal below them, and they have Illinois State as as the Missouri Valley at large. They've given Wichita the uh, the championship again. This is semantics, but right. um, I'm just out of some of those teams, I, I can't make a greater even if they were to. If they lose both, I guess I can make the case. If they win one, maybe they're the maybe the last four in still. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they if they go, if one they lose and one both, I can't. So that's eight straight losses. You, Th- that's the bigger no chance you, you they're can't in. condone that. The, yeah. the, the bigger thing to me is just the fact of again, it's the narrative of this team is it's the, right. all the losses in a row to right. end the season right. and without Edmund and they're a different team now and they just don't have – they don't pass the eye test in any no. way, shape, or form right close. now if you've been watching Not them, even close. Which is – this is the time everyone's watching. Now, that, now again, I'm going to give you the devil's advocate part of it. That being said, though, their last four losses are to Marquette, which they have them in the tournament, actually two of them, to <laughs> – to Butler, which is in the tournament, to Seton Hall, which is now in the tournament, to Providence, which is now in the tournament. The Big East is a great thing. I mean, it, it, like if Xavier gets in, they're getting seven teams in the tournament probably. Seventy yes. percent of your teams getting into the tournament as a conference, that works out pretty well. It does. And, and, and it helps your resume. Um, and then, like, even when you look at, you know, you mentioned some of the teams. Now, Wake beat Duke recently, so yes. they, and they've got opportunities for more big wins. But, like, you saw Cal last night got boat raced by yep. Utah, yep. who Xavier beat earlier. So right. that was at, And that was at Utah, but they still got yeah. clobbered. So you're right. Some of those teams under Xavier aren't doing anything to impress or, or look like a tournament team either. There's still a chance Xavier potentially gets the last four in. But I think even if they, even if they win these two DePaul games and then lose that next game against mm-hmm. Butler um, in the Big East tournament, I still think there's a chance they're the last four in and, and playing in a, a playing game. In DePaul's, DePaul's not going to help you. No, not at all. DePaul no, is strictly don't. keeping you in the tournament. That's right. all it's well, yeah, the only And the only thing DePaul can do to you is, give is you take you out. Loss. Exactly. They can give you that bad loss that you right. talked about. And that's what I heard Mo Egger talking about these days. He kept saying, like, Xavier needs um, needs good wins. And I, and I disagree with that. I mean, he's right theoretically, but the time for that was a couple weeks well, ago. I, I think I, you saw in the, when they did the first four seeds, they really valued good wins. They really valued quality wins. But I think there's also a, a value to not having bad losses. Oh, I agree with all that 100%. My only point is it's past that point for Xavier. Yes. Like, Xavier doesn't... Xavier Xavier can't worry about moving back up. It's strictly, is Xavier in or out of the tournament and how quickly Correct. will they lose? And I do want to move back to, to the first four out right now. Again, this is bracketmatrix.com. This is not scientific, but it's a, it's a nice gauge. They really do a nice job with it because it is literally, they take they take brackets from what, 100, 100 different sites. I mean, mm. if you want to do a bracket, they'll probably take your bracket too. First four out then are Rhode Island, Vandy, Illinois, Kansas State. Really? Yeah. Really? I know. I mean, really? It's awful. I can make a better case for – I can make an okay case for – I can't make a case for Vandy, Illinois, or – I can make a small case for Kansas State. And they're actually the last of the first four out. Yep. So, yeah, I guess it just comes down to just avoid what, what, what's coming up. Uh, one other – a couple other things I want to talk about is uh, obviously Kentucky, which finishes out with Texas A&M on the road. They have now played their way per bracket matrix up to the two-seed line. And I would assume, you know, you win on Saturday, which you should do, even though it's on the road at Texas A&M, and at least get to the SEC final, or would you have to win the SEC final to cement a two-seed? I think if, if people are already putting them in that two seed line now with the way things have played out, I mean, obviously, like if UCLA goes and wins the Pac-12, that'll change things because they're right on that. But cut you also line have of, Baylor one notch above you, which could also do what Baylor. They had a, the win the other night for them was huge. Yeah. Without Lecompte. I feel like um, Baylor should be a two seed no, no matter what at this point. Honestly, their early portion of their resume. Was really good. I just thought they really had a hell of a hell of a hell of a regular season, and they still look they good. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the here's the three seeds below Kentucky now. Um, UCLA is the top one, and you just mentioned them. Uh, Butler, Arizona, and Florida. Now, you could argue if Florida, I guess, turns around and beats you it, when it's literally would be the rubber match if they beat you in the SEC final. But I don't know if Florida then but, moves up to the two-seed line other than it drops here's, Kentucky off. Here's what we've learned. Three. those te- The SEC Sunday, right? 
Yeah. That's yes, the SEC finals. Correct. correct. They don't. It's already been figured out. It's already out. done. Like, yeah, that's true. You're if right. If it's well, Florida and Kentucky in that final. Unless it's a t- unless they put it down to winners of two, losers of three. Maybe. Also. But then, that, I mean, they're going to have to do two completely separate. No doubt. Also, I said I said on the last podcast they're going to err on the side of caution with UK this year no because question. of Cal's tantrum last no year. Question. I'm telling you, it, no question. I, I I said a, f- a week or two ago I thought UK would end up a two seed. I still think they end up as a two seed even if they don't win the SEC championship. Though I think they have to get to the SEC championship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, again, you look in the league. Um, I don't see how they don't. I get don't to see the how SEC. they don't either because really your your only real main competition is going to be opposite you in the bracket, and that's Florida. Yep. So I, yeah, I don't see it either. Um, do you want to touch on NKU because the Horizon League tournament starts? They'll actually have played a game before we're on our next podcast. Coach of the year, first team, first team, and first team all freshman for Carson Williams. First team for for Drew McDonald. All awesome. academic team for Drew McDonald. I, I don't just getting four point You're probably the same guy that gives credit to the Big East honor roll, don't you? When they come out with that silliness. Yeah, I, I clap for the uh, for like the golf and soccer kids that come out at half times to wave to great. the fans and say, "Hey, they're on the honor roll." Yep, that's Dean's always great. that's always great. I mean, I, and I, I did a preview. And I'm trying to do a preview for each of the area terms. I did one that's up on local12.com now. Um, obviously, Oakland is a team to beat, especially without Peter's injury. Um, but the team, I think, that, that we saw on the night, Green Bay is the one that passes the eyeball test, and they are on that same side with Valpo, which is obviously injured without Alec Peters. Yeah. They would be the team that, 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 honestly, I could see sneaking its way to winning this tournament. Oh, yeah, definitely. I th- Other I than think NKU. So. I mean, and I want to make a case for NKU here in a second because I, I can make a legit case for them as well, except for the fact they've got to play Oakland in the semis after having to beat Wright State three times. The- and, that, that, and no matter how you slice, that's still a hard thing to do. This might be one of the most exciting mid-major tournaments in the entire country, and it's actually pretty cool that we like that we wouldn't know if we hadn't paid close wouldn't attention pay, yeah, to it all correct. year. That's correct. We've paid close attention to it all year, and it's a fun basketball. League. It is. It, yeah, it really and, is. And, and honestly, there are literally there's no more than the first five seeds, in my opinion, can win it. UIC is the sixth seed, and they don't have a chance in Hades of winning this. Thing. Agreed. Um, but you can make a case for all five. I mean, yeah. Wright State. Is, you know they, they did get swept by NKU, but they also split with Oakland, split with Valpo, split with uh, with Green Bay. So if they get past NKU, they've split with all the teams that they would potentially still face. Valpo still without Alec Peters against NKU. Oh, they can still win fight. It all. Absolutely. I mean, it, but you are taking an NBA literally in a league that doesn't have a lot of NBA level players. You are taking a legit NBA level player but, out of the mix. But like Rick said, Valpo for a long. You said this a couple weeks ago. Valpo for a long time has been recruiting at a different level than no, no, everyone else in absolutely. the horizon. Absolutely. So the rest of that roster is and just they, as good, if not better, than the rest of the rosters in the Horizon League, outside of Oakland having a couple transfers from high major programs, yes. a couple you know legit high major type guys. And the thing is, if you look, if you look at Oakland, they swept Valpo during the regular season. They had, for whatever reason, two inexplicable losses. They lost at Detroit and lost at. Um, at Cleveland State, which are just two dreadful teams, I, I can't explain that to any anybody no. for any good reason other than they just had just awful nights and they weren't focused and, and that happens, I guess. But you take those two bad losses out of the mix. I mean, they were consistently and, and eyeball test wise the best team in that league. Yep, just just bet a bunch of overs and and watch the Horizon League tournament. <laughs> this league can score and it's fun as hell to watch. And legitimately, I think uh, I don't know that Wright State. Got much of a chance in my mind, but like you said, they did split with with the top teams in the conference. But I think the top four all have a very legit chance to make a run. Yeah, um, and, and let's let's touch on NKU's chance. I mean, is it a puncher's chance or is it a legitimately good legit. chance? It's it's legitimately good. Here's Again, the you're, one you're, thing you're, about you, this. But here's what you have: you have to beat the five, you'd have to beat the one, and you'd have to probably beat the two. But the, the five doesn't worry me much at all. Mm. Um, now, don't get me wrong; they can certainly lose that game. I'm not saying it's a it's a shoe in, but. I, if you, if they're good enough to win it all, they have to beat that team no matter what. Absolutely, the Oakland game is very concerning because they do not match up well with them. But beating a good team three times, there's that whole thing. John Brandon seeing this Oakland team for third time, I, I feel like he'll have a little something for them. They they might be able to mix up some defenses and throw a different look at them. I think NKU has a chance, and if they beat Oakland, they become my favorites to win it. Like I think if they beat oh, Oakland, I think the confidence level of that based that, on what you did down the stretch, and then to to beat Wright State a third time, to beat Oakland after they swept you twice, um, and to beat it, then have to go up against a team you just beat without their best player, without arguably well, the I should say arguably the best player in the league, he was the player of the year for goodness sakes in the league. I think you'd have a ton of confidence going into that game. That that, that is exactly why I think that because you heard Drew McDonald after the Valpo win, just saying I'd be scared to play us in the postseason. I think those guys, right. they're too young to know better. Like they legitimately think they're really 
really good. They're top 100 of the RBI right now and all this stuff. Like, they're fired up. They go from beating Valpo on senior day to winning the first two games of the first or of the Horizon League tournament, including beating Oakland, which they were 0-2 against during the regular season. I think they win it all because I think they're fired up at that point. And you mentioned it. They are, they are the second-highest RPI team in that league. Valpo's 63rd. They are 100 in the RPI. Get on 100. Unbelievable. And Oakland is 103. If I'd have told you when John Brandon got hired that in two years they would be a top 100 RPI team, I wouldn't have bought it. You would have told me I was a drunk idiot. Well, and here's the thing, too. I would have given them a reach around in July. If, <laughs> if, if they win this, they would have beaten the 117 team currently in Wright State. They would have beaten 103 in Oakland and 63 in Valpo. They would probably be in the top 100, correct, if they won the tournament? Yeah. I mean, that, that would be that, – that's unbelievable to see it in, in, in double digits as opposed to triple digits. Yeah. For what they've done, it, it really has been a, an incredible run for them. Um, one more thing I want to touch on is is Tom Crane in Indiana. Um, does he survive this? I've, my stance has been no all along. Here, I think – I've the, thought yes, but I'm starting to think no. You, no, he doesn't survive. No, he doesn't yeah. survive, yeah. I think the, the people who matter – have already made up their minds that he's not going to be their coach going forward. Here's the so, funny part. So whether that's this year or someone's well, able to buy him point. one more that, year, he's going to be gone within the next two years. That's a good point. They, they, it's funny. They're, they're only seven spots ahead of NKU in the RPI. Think about one of the more storied programs in NCAA history is seven spots ahead of them right now, and that is it. Go Norse. There you go. Exactly right. All right. Uh, final take time for you, Chad Brendel. What you got? Um... I guess we'll talk a little bit about Fifth Third Arena. Okay. I like that. That's a good idea. Started, started going to games in 1989 with my dad. We had a, he had a friend that had season tickets that were kind of next to the student section, down like in like the second row. And when he didn't go, he knew me and my dad were UC fans. He would give us tickets and started going to games then. Um, has been a really cool transition into growing up and covering the team and sitting, you know, media table, yep. center court, being as close to the program as I've gotten. It was um, – it wasn't overly emotional. That's really how you became a fan, right, was, was your going to games with your uncle, correct? With my dad. Oh, your dad with him. Yeah. yeah. My, my uncle was like the original UC fan in the family. Okay. My wife married him. Okay. He was a big UC fan because we're Northern Kentucky people, obviously. A lot of Kentucky fans in the family. Me, your wife married your uncle? My <laughs> aunt married my uncle. He was, did, he, I, did he not just say his wife I'm married I'm going to throw this freaking cup at you. <laughs> I, had to let that I don't sink. care. I don't care if he did. I liked it better your way. <laughs> I had to let that sink in for a the, second. The story became really interesting. Yeah, I want to hear his take on this because he was getting very he was getting very deep, and I, yeah, I apologize. Yeah, he was going to shut up. Me up yeah, and I'm then sorry. No, you me up. You ruined the whole damn thing, Rick. What do you got? You're like <laughs> you're like Dayton fans, Dayton people. I'm so sorry. I go on with your recollections of Fifth Third. Never mind. No, the moment's gone. I actually do want to hear them. No, you. It's the moment's gone. You lost it. Well, I'm sorry that your wife married your uncle, too, Chief. For the sake. You can't just let it go. Can't just let Jesus. it go. Because I'm sure people are listening. Wait, wait, his wife married his uncle? Sounds like so some of those puzzles. My aunt married it. my uncle. My uncle was a UC fan. Now I'm hostile and I'm not nostalgic, and this isn't going to be nearly as good of a story. Yes, yes it is. No, it's yes, not. Yes, it no, is. No, it's not. Um, I, get, I, I tell you what, then. I'll ask you this. Your, your favorite game, watch either watching or covering? Boom. I, I would al- oh, it's too I, long. I would always have to go back. My favorite like experience would be probably Maxio's senior day. Um, my dad was a huge Jason Maxio guy, and we didn't have tickets, and he just wanted to go for Max's senior day. We had gone to senior days yeah, yeah, throughout, yeah. Um, but that was one like it was last minute. We bought a ticket all the way up in the rafters, and um, I don't even remember what happened in the game, but I just remember like going with him because that was one of his. I bought, you know, eventually I bought him a Max Seal, like an authentic Max Seal jersey in a frame that he's very got nice. in his basement. Yeah, very nice. I'd prefer your dad just walked around in an oversized Jason Max Seal jersey. That would be pretty sweet. I, I should have gotten him one of the shirts. They made shirts in Detroit when he started playing for the Pistons that had a little baby crawling, and it said Jason Max Seal eats babies. <laughs> and I should have got him one of those. Because your dad's still in shape. Like, he looks yeah. better than both of us. He wears cut off sleeves and stuff around yeah. still. If he was oh, just, he's pretty yoked. Yeah, if he was just rocking a, a Max Seal shirt, uh, Walk, jersey around, just walking all around. Yeah, that would be a good look. That would be a good I look. I like that. Uh, interesting. Uh, last night, or uh, I think it was Berg that works for me. He said his favorite fifth third moment was this year was the win over Xavier. Uh, he said, and he made an interesting point. He right, here's, said, here's my question: How old is he? He's Thirty-five. Okay, so he's seen he's seen some. He's seen a lot. Yeah. I mean, he, he, and the, he made an interesting point in it. And he said, for so many years, 
it felt like going into the Xavier game that if you won, it was what you're supposed to do. And if you lost, it was a travesty. And that Xavier game, it finally felt like a celebration of we beat them. Like, it was enjoyable. It wasn't like yeah, a, a, a t- task, which I thought he made. It was an interesting point with that. Um, the, my favorite, personally, that I'll always remember is Eric Hicks um, against Louisville his senior year, uh, only because Hicks goes up at, for a rebound with one second left on the clock in the first half, comes down, smacks his head on the floor, completely concussed, 100%. So they go to the locker room. The team comes back out. And Eric is not with them. They left Eric in the locker room with Fluker, who is now Xavier's trainer. Yep. And it was just Eric and Fluker. And Fluker's trying to figure out whether or not Eric has a brain at this point in time. And Eric kind of... No concussion protocol, by the way. No, not in, not, not in 2005. Nope, that's, correct. that's correct. So Eric kind of gently, of course, because Eric is a very gentle human being. We've had him on the show. Yes, he is. Kind of puts Fluker up against the locker and says, I'm cleared to go, right? This is his final game against Louisville at Fifth Third Arena. Fluker says, yes, you're 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 good. <laughs> and Eric walked right straight out of the locker room, straight to down the, the bench, table? right to the scores table, right past Andy Kennedy, checked himself in, led the team to a victory over Louisville. And if you ask Eric to this day, he does not remember the second half of that game. He cannot tell you one single detail about a – I think he had like 17 and 14. He had a double-double. Which is why concussion protocol is a good <laughs> it's thing. now a good thing. A very good thing. Why it is now um, very much in play. But for me, that one was just and, – and that's probably enhanced by getting to know Eric and talk, like asking him, like, dude, did you really not know anything that happened in that second half? And he's like, man, I still – That's crazy. I got nothing. I, I will tell you about fifth third. It's funny because – and It's a dump. This, this, will be, this, will be, <laughs> this will be my old man moment because I saw some games at the Armory. So I've seen games at the Armory, Gardens, uh, U.S. Bank Arena with UC. When it was built, it seemed so cool that yeah. finally you got a real live, on-campus, state-of-the-art to some degree arena. And it didn't take long for me to realize – Oh wait, there's a lot of bad seats in this joint. It well, really, it but, really did. But Mick Mick made the great point last night. I mean, uh, that opened in '89, the same year that Huggins got here, and it it was the rebirth of the program. No doubt, it wasn't. It, it, it's, it was. I don't know how many people know how all this played out, but Ohio State kind of um, made UC jump through a lot of hoops fi- to get the financing. To, to get the financing, yeah. and they made it be an all-purpose, a multi-purpose facility instead of an arena. UC wanted to do just a basketball arena. And in order to get the funding, Ohio State kind of strong-armed the state government into making it be an all-purpose, basically a glorified high school gym, in order to get the funding so that there couldn't be a, you know, a, a genuine well, and, and basketball you, arena. And, and I would that, say, you, you couldn't have tied all that in better to having the new arena. They went on a last-second shot in their very first yeah. game in it. He builds the program quickly into a Final Four Elite Eight, consistent national powerhouse. And while... I think people finally quickly realized there were a lot of bad seats in the place. It still thirteen one ninety six was a lot of fun. It man. still became a, a destination as opposed to uh, there were some games in the gardens where you'd have three thousand people and U.S. Yeah. Bank Arena wasn't and the Armory was small. It was I, you know, I was a kid, but it was still kind of cool. Um, but it was small. I mean, this this felt completely different. And for a short period of time, it was like I said, everybody realized this place. We, we need something else and something better or something renovated, something fixed. When the place is full and when it's loud. It's a great. The Xavier atmosphere was fabulous. Yeah. This year. It, was, it was great. It was off the charts great. It really truly was. All right, how about you? You got final take time, Rick? Yep. Let's go to our guy who wants all hey, of you on, to know. Hang on. Your, your aunt didn't marry somebody in, like, like your brother or your cousin or anything. We good? Uh, we're not much marriers in our family. Just like to keep it free and I like loose. It. I, I like yeah, that. Um, yeah. That's why your uncle Tim's got thirty six kids. Yeah, he does. He's he's on the other side of the family. <laughs> yeah, uh, your dad's twin brother is on the other side of the family. That's the dad side of the family. <laughs> I'm talking about the Harmons. Um, so our guy wants all of you to know that he's not putting too much pressure on his kid, and you all can shut up. Now, before I ask you when you're on the show about the pressure that that you know parents put on their kids because they say things or, or it's out right. there, whatever the case Sean may be. Do you feel like it's getting to the point, though, where you need to take a step back because people starting to, like, put the pressure on your son right. because yeah, of some of the things right that you here. say? I know what my son's about. He knows what I'm about. Now, all these people saying, oh, LeVar needs to shut up and let his son just play. No, you shut up and let my son just play. So you I see me. Say whatever I want to say, and I've been like this all my life. 
Respect it. Everybody expects this right now. Believe that. Me to bag up so they can go on and do what they do. I'm not bagging up. I've been in my son's life all this time. So why he would be thinking differently if I didn't say anything? I've been in my son's life this whole this whole time. In a way, I'm I'm happy for that. That's that's a good thing, right? I I I I couldn't. I love. Believe that, player. I've been this way my whole life. As somebody that kind of lives by that mantra, like, what is wrong with you? And my response is always, I've been this way my whole life. Like, I, I respect the hustle. <laughs> That's a good point. Why are you such an ass? I've been Just this way my, my whole, whole life. I, I, I respect it. So he, he is not going to turn it down. Is I, not going to stop saying his son is better than Steph Curry. Look, Can't stop, won't stop. He, the only thing I will tell you is he, he – this is going to sound – he's setting his kid up. For when he gets in that league, for people to just go at him. Yeah, John Wall said that the other day. Yeah, okay, I didn't see that, yeah. I, and I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, he, look, can his kid be a really good NBA player? Absolutely. Can he be a star? Maybe. I, 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 we've seen both sides of the fence where you look at a guy he can't miss and he misses, and who did that guy? Where'd he come from? All I know is you're setting your kid up to absolutely have the whole league go at his ass from day one. And I don't know if that's a good thing. They also asked him about um, Alfred getting criticized for the defense that UCLA was playing, and I thought he had an ex- excellent take on defense that I'm sure you'll agree with, Skinny. There's been some criticisms on defense. Hey, that ain't got nothing to do with The boys just got to play a little bit of D. Yeah, like I said, you got to know what your calling is, and your calling is playing offense and to score more points. You just have to be able to make a couple of stops here and there, but you got to put that ball in the hole. And if you understand what type of team you have and you know your identity, go with that first because everybody go home is to play back. Defense, defense, defense. Everybody can play defense. It's just buckling down and, and, and just having a little pride and stopping people. That's all. Everybody can play defense, Skinny. That's why you focus on offense, you run up and down the court, and you outscore people when you're more talented. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more with LeVar. That's why he's my guy. But I go back to this. How many teams are that talented? Doesn't matter. I don't care. And uh, going back. So if I coach UMass Lowell. Hang on. If I coach UMass Lowell against UCLA, I'm supposed to try to outscore them? I, I don't really care what you do. Um, LeVar, <laughs> LeVar Ball, also the, the big topic that, that's gone viral this week, he also talked about a lot of people are misconstruing this, saying that he said his son, his brand will be more influential than Jordan, all of this stuff. He didn't say that. Um, what he was saying was that he wants a co-branding deal, meaning they don't want to sign just to Nike and be behind Nike. They want to sign with Nike and be big baller brand by Nike like Jordan is. So um, he, here's that sound bite. Let me ask you this, uh, Big Ball. What's your what big ball? What's your plan in terms I like that. of that. Believe that. I know you got the the, uh, the website with the ballers and all that. What's your plan in terms of taking him to the next level in the marketing field? Because obviously the tennis shoe deals and all of those sort of things, the tennis shoe companies, they got to be clamoring and kicking in your door right now. They kick it in the door, but they shocked on what I'm telling them. I said, I'm not looking for no endorsement deal. I'm looking for a marketing and distribution deal, co-branding. The only person doing that is Jordan with Nike. That's what we for. Like I said, That's if Lonzo don't play, I mean, if Lonzo doesn't sign with Adidas, Nike, or Under Armour, whoever, guess what? I'll sign the big baller brand. Um, so you're saying that you'll create your own brand if he doesn't sign one of those brands? We already got our own brand. Right. Triple B's. Lonzo right. was one drafted with his own brand. That don't happen. Remember, we had little Penny back in the day. Maybe we can have little baller. He'll be like the like the alter ego for big baller. How sweet would it be if Lonzo goes out there in, in next year, just like no sponsorship, just rocking BBB on it, the Triple tongues B. of his shoes, like some just generic Starberry <laughs> in China. Yeah, if three trips down the floor, they fall apart. BBB, like Lonzo, he Lonzo Ball out with a. Bro- broken ankle after uh, <laughs> yeah no, right exa- exactly after heel blows and his triple B big baller brand triple tennis B. shoes right, we, we I would say we we have seen stage mothers and stage fathers before for lack of a better term and and we usually we usually look at them and go what are you doing in, in this guy's case he knows exactly what he's doing he does the, the bravado is so over the top is it Richard Williams. But Richard Williams was right, and that's what I guess I'm getting at. Maybe this guy's right. But so often they're not. That's what it comes down to. So often they're so far off base that they're not. 
and it, and it and you set yourself up for just a huge fall for everybody. That's where I'm I'm on the fence on this because we it's not proven it's proven in college for this kid. He's and it, really and, and, and really it, and, good, man. Don't I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Todd Marinovich was really, really good in college and looked like a can't-miss NFL quarterback until he got stuck smoking the crack pipe too often. I mean, you've seen you've seen this on both sides of it. Happens to the best of us. R- Richard Williams, you crapped your pants, though, like, like Todd Marinovich did in the game twice? Not yet. Okay, just making sure. We've um, still got more podcasts to go. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You can still do it. But that, that's the part for me. If, if this guy's right, he's an absolute if, – if not, the next one that comes along like this, you're just going to have to go just – honestly, you're going to have to tell him, just shut up. This is – the the co-branding statement is the one. Smart. This is the one that does it for me right here. If they're able to pull that off, like, because he just spoke all this and made it a big thing, make it a big deal. Now these conversations are going to happen. I don't think there's any way in hell Nike or Adidas or Under Armour, any of those companies would go to them with some type of deal like this that incorporates big baller brand or anything they want to do. If it happens somehow... I will legitimately think this is the smartest marketing man in our country. Dude, he, he's, he's been genius. And I don't think there's any way in hell it will. But if something, no, I think it will. If something happens with Lonzo and, and he gets some type of branding deal where big baller brands involved or whatever, they don't finally just push it to a side and say, you guys are idiots, just sign with Nike or whatever, and he's wearing standard issue Nikes. Like if he has a signature shoe or something next year, I, the, the that I, is going to be insane. The, the only thing I would tell you is it, there is not an infinite well of money here either for some of the – I mean we've seen Under Armour has struggled obviously. Yeah. Adidas doesn't have a lot of lot of deals. They lost some of their deals to I the mean, Under Armour folks. Yeah, how much do you make co-branding big baller? I, I, that, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I'm, I'm not business savvy this, enough This to is my whole point. This is why they're not going to take a risk on a guy who in my mind isn't even a sure thing. Correct. Correct. Like, I think he's going to be good. Yeah, I, I think, don't I know that he's going more, to be a star. No, I think I think. A Nike would be more than willing to say, we're not going to co-brand it with you. Yeah, we'll, we, we'll give you the endorsement dollars. You get this a set figure. But obviously, it sounds like he's even said that. Not a chance. Not a chance in the world we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, you you get the normal rookie deal is what I imagine all Nike and, and Adidas and those type of people will say to him. That you'll get the, a rookie lottery pick deal. But yeah, right. right yeah. yeah, you'll get the top tier rookie type deal, whatever we do for those guys. And, and LeVar's going to laugh him out of the room. Right. And, but if this works out for him and they do, like, that will be the most impressive thing to me. Because that's real. That's real influence. Don't, and that's real dollars. I, I guess the only thing it comes back to then is, is he... Would you'd hope have some level of business plan together that says I'm going to this place to get this stuff manufactured and done. There's going to have to be some probably capital outlay for him too. So uh, again, this could be a complete swing and a miss, or it could be he smacks it out of the park. The one thing I will tell you is, even though you hear him and the bravado makes you just go, "Sir, please shut up." And, and for most people, that's exactly what when they hear that, that's exactly what they want. He he is not stupid about this in what in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he obviously. He's working a plan. That's correct. That's correct. And whether he's put it together on his own or has whatever somebody behind the scenes that is absolutely helping with it, there is a plan in place. And yeah. I will give him credit for that. None of this is random. It's it's very much like John Calipari at the college ranks. He LeVar Ball has found a way throughout this entire college basketball season to be relevant and be talked about in the national news every two weeks at least, if how, not every week. How are they not playing for Cal? Because, because I'll tell you yeah, exactly yeah, how. Yeah. wasn't going to put up with that. He because if you listen to the extended version of this interview, they asked him how Chino Hills lost, and he absolutely railroaded the coach and called the coach stubborn and and said he was trying to do just things for, just for selfish reasons. I just wish they were at Kentucky. Oh, me too. But Cal he can never, walk all over Steve Alford. That's why they're at UCLA. Cal would never. Gonna, that, that, by the way, do you think Steve Alford at, by the end of this year is ready to find another job be, just because he doesn't want to deal with the next two ball brothers and Lavar for a couple no, of years? Because no, he can still no, win. No, big I would say with, not, not if this ends well. If they go out in the second round and they flame out losing 92-88 to a, a – Middle a, Tennessee State? A six seed. I, mean, I don't even hey. go that far. I'll go six seed. If they flame out there, then then yeah, because he's going to get the finger pointed at him. He may not even get the, the other ball brothers when all said and done if that's the case. Um, but if it goes well and you get to the final four, I, yeah. I mean, down. I, don't get me wrong. I think he's fine with the kids because the kids seem fine. I don't hear any issues about the kids <laughs> being uncoachable <laughs> no, no, or anything. And, uh, yeah. But LeVar literally said – Chino Hills got popped because the coach is hard-headed. He tried to go man-to-man, and we've been playing zone and trapping the whole goddamn season, and now he want to try to act like he a coach to do it his way. 20-something <laughs> seconds left. My son got the ball. He called timeout. He called he timeout. And then the timeout, guess what he said? One shot. And now the guy comes up. Now the other defense can set their team up to double-team Mello because Mello already had a game plan. going to do a screen and roll with Jello, and it was going to be game over. But oh, when they try man. to be hard-headed and go their way instead of my way, that's what happens. 
I mean, that's that, that's, that's way over the top. That, right, and you know he's saying the same things about Steve Alford. Like, don't get me wrong, they're winning, so he's probably letting it go. Okay, but in conversation with Steve Alford, he's telling him it's my way. Like, we're doing things the way I want to do them, and he's fine with Steve Alford because they're running up and down the court and not playing defense. And, right and the only thing I'll say, that's the other part too, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, the, the kid doesn't seem to be a headache for teammates. Um, seems to be, be a great for, teammate. For Team, the guys seem to love playing yeah, with him. It, I, I, I don't hear him running his mouth in in in. It doesn't have to. No, but it, it doesn't. See, if that was part of this, then then maybe Steve Hover go. I, I did this for a year, and I was willing to take that. I'm. I can't coach kids like this. He doesn't seem to be an uncoachable kid at all. No, I mean, he it, really does. And, and that's where the comparison to the Williams come in, Venus and Serena, right. and their father, because. It's very similar in the sense that the kids are disciplined. They seem respectful. They seem mild mannered. Like he seems like a legitimately good father in the sense of raising his kids. So there, it does make this a little more weird, right? Like these aren't people who are nuts or anything. They are. He seems like a pretty good dad who has this crazy marketing plan in place that people do not like. But if they like, if they are able to get this co-branding, something happens with this. Do you know how like legitimately impressive and and empowering this is for their family and the, and the people around them? Like this is legitimate influence in the real world. It's not talking on radio shows and podcasts and being a sideshow. It's legit. I, it's it, it's legitimately interesting to me at this point. Like I, I thought he was hilarious at the beginning of the year. I'm legitimately because, interested to see what happens because now. that that comment in the Portland game was just so laughable. <laughs> because it's like, wait a minute, dude. I know your kid's good, but look, we've seen what this program has been, and you're beating, you're running Portland, man. Portland stinks, so don't go run your mouth in this game. And now, what? Two weeks later, they go to Kentucky and win, and suddenly everybody starts to sit up and go, hmm. And to this point, everything he's done is has been magical. So come and see me when they win it. Come and see me when they win it. You gotta drop one more of those in there if you don't mind. All right, we'll be back on uh, on Sunday night, Monday, looking ahead to conference tournament action. We'll see if the sky's falling for Xavier. If there's blue skies ahead, see if UC can uh, wrap up the regular season with a win against UConn. Kentucky trying to wrap up uh, the undisputed SEC championship, and NKU will have played a game at that point in the uh, Horizon League. So a lot to talk about. We'll be back on Monday with that. Thanks for being with us on the College Basketball Podcast.